last night of this year. We've come together to worship our Heavenly Father one more time. In just a little more than seven hours, we'll be turning the page on a, on a new calendar. And so, as you think about that, think about the fact that tomorrow is a day of resolutions. Uh, some of you may remember an actress by the name of Mary Lou Henner. I think she first came to prominence back in probably the late 70s or something like that in a television show called Taxi. But she had an interesting quote about uh, resolutions. She said it this way. She said, resolutions are popular because everyone feels they can improve a little. You know, think about that for a minute. Everybody does feel, at least most folks feel, that they can improve a little bit. And that's, that's a pretty good little quote. But you know what? You know how long resolutions, a lot of them, really last, don't you? They may make it until January the 2nd or 3rd. Some of them, the really good ones, they might all get all the way to the end of the week. And so Joey Adams has a pretty good quote. He said, uh, may all your troubles last as long as your New Year's resolutions. Well, that's a pretty good, pretty good thought as well. May all your troubles last as long as your New Year's resolutions. You may think we're going to be talking about resolutions tonight. If you think that, you are wrong. We're not going to be talking about resolutions tonight. This is the last day of the year. And so rather than being a day of resolutions, today is a day of questions. And so what we want to do is think about three questions tonight that uh, we need to ask for the new year. We'll ask them on the last day of the year. But three questions that we need to ask. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you as we begin our lesson tonight, these questions are quite simple questions, yet quite profound. They're not profound because I made them up. They're profound because of what they mean. And so when we think about them, if we answer them honestly, when we actually get to the end, when we get to having answered the questions, you know, it should cause us to look at our lives and to think about what we'll be doing in the new year. So there'll be three of them tonight, very simple yet very, very profound questions. Well, let's just jump right in it so that we can cover our lesson tonight and we'll be ready to go. Number one, question number one, has my relationship with God and Jesus improved this past year? Not, not a hard question, but it's one that you've got to answer honestly. Has my relationship with God and Jesus improved over this last year? I see some shaking their heads. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. That's a good, a good answer. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse number 8, James writes these words. He says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. I want you to pay close attention to the first part of that, that passage. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. What does it mean to draw near to God? Now, if we just look at the, the wording itself, we understand that, that what James is saying is that we need to, to get close, we need to come close to God. The, the same phrase is used in, in not a real good way, but it's used back in the book of Luke chapter 22 at verse number 47. The Bible says there, while he was still speaking, there came a crowd and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. Now watch this. And he drew near 
same, same phrase, same terminology, he drew near to kiss him. Now certainly we don't want to draw near to Jesus like Judas did, you know, to betray him, to, to do something bad, but we want to draw near to him in order to have his protection, in order to have our love shown to him, in order to be with him and to be a friend to him. I also want you to note that James says here in James chapter 4, verse number 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That implies that we make the move to come back to God. You see, God didn't leave us. We left him. And so if we're going to have a relationship with him, we've got to come back to him. He's made it possible for us to do that. He sent his son. He's done everything that he can. Well, he's the all-powerful God. He could force us to, to, to be a robot, but he chose not to do that. He chose to make us people with, with our own volition, with our own ability to make up our mind. And so what he's saying is, if you will come close to me, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. I can't think of that verse, this passage, without thinking about another verse back in the book of Luke. In chapter 15, at verse number 20, here's what uh, Jesus said as he is telling us this story. He said, And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. You recognize that from being in the story of the prodigal son that Jesus told. How the prodigal son had come to himself and he decided and determined that he would go home. And when he started home, his dad, as you've heard probably in lessons before, his dad must have been there on the porch or somewhere watching for his son to come home. Uh, and one day he looks out and he sees him. And he begins to wonder, is that him? And as he approaches a little more, yes, it's him. The Bible says he ran to meet him. He ran to be with him and he hugged him and he kissed him. He was so thankful that his child, his son, had come home. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's, that's what James said. My question tonight is this. Do we have a better relationship on December 31st, 2017 than we did on January 1st, 2017 with God and with Jesus. You know, one of the ways that I probably would know is, is by having communicated with Him. Have we, when, have we communicated more with Him? You know, I want you to think about this. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, at verse number 57, I want you to notice that there's some communication that's mentioned there. Jeremiah writes these words, You came near to me when I called on you. And you said, Do not fear. Communication there. We'll come back to, the, to our communication with God. But, but let's first think about the communication that God has with us. Now obviously we know, we understand from Scripture that that, it, that, that God is not going to whisper something into our ear. He doesn't work that way. He speaks through His Son. His Son spoke through the apostles and the Holy Spirit through the apostles. And, and we understand that. He's speaking through the Bible today. And so how much have we allowed Him to, 
communicate with us. You see, it takes about the average reader about 70 hours and 40 minutes to read all the way through the Bible. 70 hours and 40 minutes to read from Genesis to Revelation. That's the average reader. Some may read faster, some may read a little bit slower, but the average person can read all the way through the Bible in 70 hours and 40 minutes. I want you to think about that tonight as you think about your relationship with the Lord throughout this past year because I'm going to ask you a question. Did you read all the way through the Bible in 2017? Did you you spend time with your Lord letting Him tell you the most important things that we need to know? The things that He had put down in a book. Did you spend time this year looking at all of those things? Now, as you consider that, did you let God speak to you for about one and a third hours each week? Because that's about what it would take to read all the way through the Bible. Not an hour and a half or a third hour and 20 minutes a day, an hour and 20 minutes a week to read all the way through the Bible. Are we close enough to allow God to speak to us? Well, I went to church, preacher. I I came on Sunday night. I was here on Sunday morning. I came back on Sunday night too. Yes, wonderful. How many wives love their husbands and say, well, I saw them one time this week. Or twice this week. How many husbands love their wives? How many parents love their children? Well, I saw them one time this week, you know, for, for an hour or so. You know, we like to spend time with the people that we love, don't we? And the way that we spend time, or at least one way that we spend time with God, is allowing Him to talk to us. The only way He's going to do that is through this book right here. It's the only way He talks to us today. And we need to spend some time. Did we spend time this year? Did you spend time? I'm not asking the congregation as a whole. I'm asking us as individuals. Did you spend time letting God speak to you this year? You know, add to that this. When we think about communication, communication is a two-way street, isn't it? Two-way street. We, we allow someone to communicate, to talk to us, but we want to talk back. To them. It's a two way street. Now, I mentioned Lamentations chapter 3 at verse 57. Jeremiah said, When I called on you, you said, Do not fear. But as we think about that effective communication, we talk to God in what way? Through prayer. Again, simple things, yet they're profound. In the book of Luke chapter 6 at verse number 12, the Bible says this. In these days he went out to a mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. That was Jesus, speaking about Jesus, went out to pray, spent all night praying to God. Now before you get all hung up on thinking that I'm going to ask you how many of us spent all night praying to God, I'm not asking that tonight. How many of us spent all night praying. I'm just asking, did you pray more in 2017 than you have in previous years? Has your relationship with God and Jesus grown to the point that you want to spend time talking 
to him. Letting, letting God talk to you through his word, but talking to him. Now, obviously, we, we understand when we, when we have sickness or when we have some other difficulty in our life, we want to go spend time with God. He's one of the first places that Christians turn. We, we, we want to talk to him. That's not the only time God wants to hear from his children. He wants to hear from us in the happy day, on the happy days. He wants to hear from us when we think we've done good, when, when we've succeeded in life. And matter of fact, you know, there's no one who will ever succeed in life without having the help of God. And so why would we not go to him and say, thank you, Lord, for helping me succeed? In other words, we're praying to him and giving him thanks for the things that, that we receive and blessings in his, as his children. Question tonight is this, simple yet profound, is my relationship with God, has it improved this year? Think about that one very carefully. Secondly tonight, has my relationship with my brethren improved this past year? We're talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. Let's stop right there for a minute. That's a pretty big compliment coming from the Apostle Paul, isn't it, to the Thessalonians? I really and truly don't need to be writing to you about brotherly love. Why? Look at what he says. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Paul said, I don't need to write to you because you're already practicing this. Well, well, well if they were already practicing that, Paul, why did you mention it to start with? They're already doing it, right? Isn't that what Paul said? They're already doing it. Really no need for me to write except, look at the last part. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. In other words, Paul says, yes, you're already doing it, but there's still room for improvement. You know, it is a blessing to live and work in a congregation that has peace and harmony among the brethren. It is a blessing to work in a congregation where brothers and sisters know and love one another. It truly, truly is. I talk from time to time to some of my preaching buddies, you know, some that maybe even call or ask for advice in some way because they're going through a hard time because... People are fussing and fighting in the congregation with which they work. Just they can't seem to get along. It is truly a blessing. But you know what? Just as Paul says to these brothers that there's really no need for me to write. You're already practicing it. Yet there's still room for improvement. We can all do better. Has our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, has it improved over this past year? Is there some brother or sister here at Midway that you, 
you don't know their name. You say, well, how could that be? We're a small group of folks. Folks, it can be because every once in a while I still get to question. Somebody will say, who's that? Well, they've been here for a year. Who's that? Call every person at Midway by name. I mean, if we're, we're members, can you call everybody by name? I know most can. There's, there's no doubt. Some of the kids may grow so fast that, that you have to ask because from one service to the next, they've, they've changed, you know. They, they've outgrown their shoes and their pants and uh, they, they've had to go back to Walmart again and all that stuff. People grow up. We understand that. Could you do that? Why is that important? Third John has only one chapter. Verse number 15, John, in writing to Gaius, encouraging him to be the kind of leader that, that he truly needed to be to please God, wrote this at the end of the chapter. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Watch this last part. Greet the friends, the brothers, each by name. You see, what John says in that is simply this. Gaius, as a member of the body of Christ where you are, with those people who are there with you, those brothers who are there, who are called friends, greet them by name. What does that imply? A relationship. The friendship, of course, is mentioned there too, but the fact that he would know who they are and what their name is. Surely, God wants those in a local fellowship to be a close-knit group for the shepherds and for the members to know each other personally, to be able to greet each other by name. You know, if we can't do that, how could we possibly do what Paul wrote in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. You remember what he said there in that passage? Here's his words. He said, if one member suffers, all suffer together. One member is honored, all rejoice together. Here's what Paul did not say. Paul did not say if one of the prominent members of the congregation suffers, then you suffer with them. If one of the prominent members of the congregation rejoices, you rejoice with them. If they're honored, you, you, you honor them. You, you, you celebrate with them. Paul's whole point in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in regard to the, to the body of Christ is basically everybody stands on equal terms. We're all important. Each one, even though may have a different function, we're all important. One, one can't say to the other, I have no need of you. Remember, that's some of his own terminology that he uses. But if one suffers, we all suffer with him. Not, not, not those who are always in front, but those who may even be unseen, unheard. You see, God wants us to have a close relationship with each other. 
as brothers and sisters in Christ. He wants us to look inward as a congregation, to grow in fellowship. A number of important reasons for that. What if one tends to go astray? If we don't have that relationship, what we have is somebody who gets mad when somebody says, I missed you at church. Or, you know, I've seen you do some things that, that, you, that just really aren't Christ-like. You know, we get that attitude, well, you shouldn't be judging me. But close friends who communicate with each other, they can approach one another, help one another. See, the question is tonight, our second question was this, has my relationship with my brethren improved over this year? Honestly, we have to answer that one as honestly as we did the first one. Has my relationship with God and Jesus grown over this past year? Well, that brings us to number three, and that's simply this. Has my relationship with my community improved this past year? Everybody remembers what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, because he's talking to us. He's talking to you and me as, as Christians. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. As you look at that passage, there are things in it that just jump out at us. There are responsibilities that just cry out and say, you have this responsibility. You see, as a Christian, you're responsible for being a positive influence on people. As a Christian, you're, you have a responsibility to demonstrate a better way to the people around you. A better way of living, a better way of life, a way of life that leads to eternal bliss with God. It's our responsibility as light, as salt. But it's not just to the brothers and sisters with us at church. Do you remember how Jesus started that off? You are the salt of the church. Mm, I won't check your Bible on that one. You're the salt of the earth. You are the light of the auditorium. No, you're the light of the world. Our responsibility to be a positive influence and to demonstrate a better way goes beyond these walls. Matter of fact, that's where he points us to be those things. 
out in the world. To those who have not received the light. To those who need some salt. That preserving and that, uh, that, that flavoring of life that makes life worth living. We as Christians have that, those responsibilities given to us by Jesus. But I need to ask you tonight, are you just another neighbor? Just another neighbor. You know, too often we live next to each other without really knowing each other. And too many, even those who claim to be Christians, too many of us sometimes look no different than the worldly neighbor on the other side. You know, you got your neighbors here, you're the Christian, and on the other side you've got the old worldly neighbor. Too often it's the case that, that we look no different to our neighbor than the one on the other side. And that's not a good thing. Not being the positive influence. Not demonstrating the better way. Have we made progress this year in developing meaningful relationships with people in the world? Not being like them, but developing those relationships so that the light of Christ can be seen by them in our own lives. So that the gospel of Christ can be communicated to them. I'm not asking that question from a congregational standpoint. What are we doing as a part of the Midway Church? I'm asking it to individuals. See, we are each answering those questions, those three main questions tonight. What about my relationship with God? What about my relationship with my brothers? What about my relationship with those around us? I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but what we've done tonight is pretty much what we did this morning with Isaiah. Isaiah looked up, up to God. Isaiah looked inside himself. And Isaiah was forced by God, if you will, to look out. Upward, inward, outward. We just reversed it in our theme for the coming year. Inward, outward, and upward. But how are we doing as individuals? Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He said, I do not, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead. Press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, there's really not a lot we can do about what happened in 2017. Right? Because 360, well, I guess there's 365 in this year. 364 and most of 
another day has passed by. It's gone. We can't go back and relive those days. But what we can do is do what Paul said. If there's forgiveness that we need, we get that from God. But then what do we do? We move forward. We go forward. We press onward. And we do better. Paul said, I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't grasped it. I haven't fully attained it. Whatever's in the past is in the past. Whatever's in the present is where I live. And I keep pushing forward every day. Every new present that I get. That's what we're to do, isn't it? I want to close out our lesson tonight by reading a poem. don't generally do that. But I want to read this one to you. came across it a long time ago, but it's still, still true. It's called A New Year, A New Beginning. I don't even know who wrote it. The old year ends, a new begins, with pages clean and new. And what is written on each page will now depend on you. You can't relive, relive the year that's past, erasing every wrong. For once a year or day is spent, it is forever gone. But don't give up in dark despair. If you have failed some test, seek God's forgiveness and resolve henceforth to do your best. Resolve each precious day to do things good and kind and pure. Though days and years may pass away, these things shall still endure. You know not where your path may lead, nor what's behind the hill. You know that God walks at your side, but know that God walks at your side if you will do His will. All things are possible with God, though days be bright or dim. So do your best and know that you can live, leave the rest to Him. How's your relationship with Him? How's your relationship with the Lord's church? How's your relationship to the community? Brethren, I can think of no better time to examine ourselves in these three areas. For if our, our theme truly is in 2018... Inward, outward, and upward. We need to get a head start on it. We need to be ready to do what's pleasing to God. To look inside as individuals and as a congregation. But even more than that, to reach out to others. It may be tonight that you fail God in some way. You haven't had a relationship, maybe you failed in a relationship with brothers and sisters, or maybe the world has seen the wrong thing in you. You need to get forgiveness of that tonight. Maybe you, you need to become a Christian, putting your Lord on in baptism. Whatever your need may be, we're here as brothers and sisters in Christ, as God's children, to help one another. 
And if you need to respond to his invitation tonight, why don't you do that right now as to 